all right and welcome everyone to our very first journey with the doctor in his TARDIS time and relative dimensions in space as it is called this is gonna be our Doctor Who based podcast which we've yet to, to figure out a name for I'm your host Darkstar and I'm joined here by Stargirl and Zero and we're going to be covering the very first episode of Doctor Who that was released all the way back in 1963 so before we start talking about uh, Doctor Who in general go ahead and uh, introduce yourself guys Hello, I'm Zero. And hello, I'm Stargirl. Alright, very good. So, before we get into this episode in and of itself, um, Stargirl, why don't you give us a brief breakdown of Doctor Who, the show, in general? Okay, well... I mean, mainly the show is about a time-traveling alien, and he goes by the name of The Doctor. Um, He is an alien, but he does also look human. (laughs) The Doctor? Doctor Who? uh, Yeah, Doctor Who. (laughs) He's thousands of years old, and he has two hearts, and is almost impossible to kill. And you can't kill him, but he does have this power where he does regenerate into another incarnation of himself. Um, he makes his way through all of space and time in a spaceship or a time machine and the ship is shaped like a blue police box that is like his signature <laughs> um, he causes the TARDIS and you did already go over what the TARDIS stands for the TARDIS is sentient and never really takes the doctor where he wants to go but he will always take him exactly where he is needed um, also, during his travels, he does encounter many life forms. Some of them aren't as nice and welcoming as others. Um, so, some of his adventures are um, scary, crazy, and some are nice and heartwarming. Um, he also does sometimes travel with companions, and most of them are human. Um, but sometimes the companions do end up going on with their lives without doctor or maybe something drastic happens to them. But, I mean, we'll get to that eventually. <laughs> yes, we shall. All right. And I guess with that, we can go into the very first Doctor Who serial, not episode, because... When the show began, all its uh, stories were broken up into multiple episodes across a serial. So, Mm -hmm. this first serial is known as An Unearthly Child, but also as 10,000 BC, because the, the first adventure the Doctor has is in the Stone Age. But it basically starts with some school teachers and British school teachers discussing one of their students and how she seems to be simultaneously super intelligent but also seems to be like sort of like she seems to like forget like what century or time period she's in making Mm -hmm. references to the future as if she's from there or making references to like historical events as if she was there and so these two teachers uh, Barbara Wright a a history teacher and Ian Chesterton and a science teacher go ahead and follow their strange student Susan Foreman to the scrapyard that's listed as her address where they discover a strange elderly gentleman who is her grandfather supposedly who apparently keeps her locked up in a police box, as you mentioned. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anywho, uh, concerned for their students' well-being, the the teachers basically break into the police box only to find out that it only looks like a police box from the outside. On the inside, it's a much larger 
time and spaceship. Can I say it? Sorry, can I say it? Say it. It's bigger on the inside. (laughs) (laughs) We actually considered having that as the name of the podcast. Might still go with it. That would be, yeah. All right, there we go. And so they they don't believe the the doctor that uh, when he tells them that um, that the ship can travel through time and space the, <laughs> the doctor doesn't want to, to let them go like leave the the TARDIS because um, he thinks they're gonna like bring the police or something and anyways they end up uh, traveling back in time all the way to to the Stone Age, I guess it's meant to be 10,000 BC, based on the the old title of the serial, where they end up getting captured by a tribe that's desperately trying to figure out how to create fire again. The they get basically involved in sort of the internal politics of the tribe. They end up escaping. Um, into the forest with the help of an old woman who superstitiously like doesn't want them to to create fire for the tribe. The tribe's uh, aspiring leader comes after them and gets attacked by a wild animal. And later on, they they get recaptured, end up helping the tribe start a fire but end up having to to escape them again because even though they like help the tribe they they only get rewarded by by getting held captive and so the the serial basically ends on a cliffhanger leading into the very next storyline or the next serial with them um, you know escaping the the stone age and landing on some like distant planet in the far future with an apparently very high radiation level. That's basically the thrust, the general gist of the of the uh, of the first storyline, the first uh, first ever Doctor Who serial. Um, before we go on to to everybody's thoughts, do, do you guys want to add anything to that that I might have missed? Uh, that would uh, be the very basic. Uh, uh, basics of the uh, of what happened in these four episodes. Okay. Correct. I don't know if you want to go over the titles of the episodes as well. Right. Okay. So I mean, the very first episode of uh, of Doctor Who is titled "An Unearthly Child," referring, of course, to Susan Foreman, the Doctor's first companion and granddaughter, through the the perspective of her teachers. The second episode is the Cave of Skulls, referring to the the I guess dungeon that the uh, that the tribe uh, throws the Doctor and his companions into when they capture them. We don't, yeah, we don't see that until like the episode's almost over, but that was the way of things at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The third episode is the Forest of Fear, referring to the the wild animal infested forest that the doctor and his companions have to escape through once they're set free and the final episode is called the firemaker referring to the the very important role within the tribe that the two uh the two cavemen uh, alpha males are vying for uh, namely uh, cal and za and mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the that's how it goes. So, all right. Um, for you, Stargirl, this is your very first time watching this serial for the purposes of this uh, of this podcast. You're more familiar with like the the modern day incarnation of uh, of Doctor Who, like Tennant, uh, Matt Smith, Capaldi all that stuff so mm-hmm. why don't you go ahead and give us your your thoughts on on going back all the way to 1963 and watching the this episode for the first time okay um well in a way it's going to be very superficial um and i i enjoyed it 
um, it was black and white. <laughs> so, I mean, I like the classic feel that it does uh, bring in halves. Um, I was also um, told by you both that there was an unaired pilot and then the actual pilot, um, which I did watch both and I did see um, the differences in it. And um, John, I think, will go over that a little bit more <clears throat> to that in the His future. His name is Zero. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just, just doxed him right there sorry. on air. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, Zero. Can you bleep? Can you bleep it so it sounds like she's cussing me out? No, uh, I'll figure out what to do later. Okay. <laughs> nope, it's just gonna be stuck in there. It, it will not. I will figure this out. <laughs> um, and okay, so at the beginning, I I did also notice um the way they, the doctor was acting. He was just very like skittish, not friendly at all, um a little bit rude. Um, he did act like he was better than everybody else. You know, I did get that sense in him. Which, I mean, in the way the doctor that I know now, um, he kind of does act that way in a way. But, I mean, seeing him so unfriendly was kind of like shock for me, you know? Um, they, um, I did also bring up, um, they had a joke about... Um, him referring to the teachers as savages, like they don't understand uh, their technology or what it is that they're trying to do when they travel through space. And I thought that was very, um, <laughs> it was funny, but it, it just seemed a little wrong in a way. Um, once they do um, travel, which is an accident at the end, they end up at um, back in time and they encounter the real savages per se um, I did um, point out how they spoke like almost perfect English <laughs> and um, they did try to sound like you know cavemen but that was I, I, I enjoyed that um, I did have a few questions um, the whole episode was mainly them trying to um, make fire, half fire. Um, the old woman um, that you referenced to, um, she was saying how um, fire was was not good. Like she was against the fire, um, which is why she aided them and helped them escape and all that. So in my mind, I'm thinking, well, at the end of the episode, they did provide fire to them, but what would have been the consequences of that like were they meant to have been there at that time and provide them with the fire or was it um like instead of it being a blessing something that turned out to be a curse in the end you know i did also like how her um she was like i mentioned how she was a ride or die <laughs> for um was it za right za yeah yeah like she would like she stood up for him she was like when um kel was like trying to get everybody to follow him she was like no 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 you know we oh, we all gotta yes like i i like that about her and she was protective in that way um, no that's her name her h-u-r yeah, her yeah yeah h-u-r her yeah, yeah um so i did i did <laughs> enjoy seeing that I thought it was a little sweet, even though they were referred to as savages and not knowing, you know, what they were talking about. They did include that. Um, the way that the episodes were divided. Um, again, it was, as you said, a serial one log episode divided into four different episodes, which is not something that I'm used to seeing. Um, um, but it was good. I liked it. Um, it just it just made you kind of like want to know what's going to happen next you know um yeah i mean that's pretty much my my thoughts on the on the first episode um in a way i the reference of you know the fire to them could be in a way summarized as technology for us in today um how like we always want to know more learn learn more and whatever provided with technology that at the end is going to be like the end of us all um which could be with the fire for them it could have provided like 
um, a better life for them or it could have just caused something horrible for them. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you very much, Stargirl. Uh, let's turn it over to to Zero, who's probably the 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 one of us who's like been into Doctor Who the longest, longer than me or you, uh, Star Girl. What did you think, uh, Zero? Um, I enjoyed the episode, uh, the the uh, the set of four episodes. It did take. Uh, it there is nostalgia, even though this is the uh, I didn't grow up with the, uh, Doctor Who. I only saw. Uh, Doctor Who for the first time when, uh, with the Paul McGann movie, but because of these older serials, this uh, essentially took me back when I used to watch uh, Outer Limits and Star Trek with my dad when I, uh, Nick and Knight when I was growing up. So th it did have that uh, that bit of a nostalgia feeling, and took me took me to those t uh, that time when I was a, a little kid just watching TV with my dad. Uh, the well, and as for the the show itself it you can do you do see that it is on a shoestring budget um like because parts of it does look like it's just it is being performed on uh, uh on a, a on a stage like it's a stage play that was just recorded not that it's an actual show on tv uh yeah. and uh yeah uh although i do uh one of the things that uh, was cool that actually became a staple of the show was the fact that the TARDIS uh, just stays as a police box. Uh, initially, this was done as a cost-saving measure because they told the production staff, uh, we want this to the change so it, it uh, blends into the environment wherever they go. And knowing this would be a time travel show and that would be costly, though, they decided to say, well, let's just say it's broken and got a you know, couple of decades out of that. I'll... <laughs> um, uh, also, the uh, the f uh, the fire is uh, the the invention of fire is also treated as it's a source of power uh, because whoever uh, controls the fire can actually control the tribe, since it's uh, viewed more as a necessity with uh, with the uses it has. Whereas uh, towards the end of the episode in the firemaker, Ian was saying the firemaker in our tribe is the least important because everyone can make fire. And it shouldn't be a secret. This should be passed on to everyone to prevent uh, this th uh, from happening again. Which is the fact that this, uh, that Za is the son of the of the former firemaker, but his father never taught him how to make fire. So that's why the tribe is in the in the state that it's in when we when we stumble upon them. Here. Also, uh, it's a testament uh, to the show, like you know. How good the show was, even though it had uh, the uh, the lower budget, and uh, uh, it premiered on uh, November twenty second, nineteen sixty three, the same uh, t uh, time as the Kennedy assassination, and was completely drowned out by that. But the BBC did have faith in the show and decided to re-air the pilot a week later, where it did start. Uh, it did gather a mass following from that point on. So, in, uh, if that didn't happen, we wouldn't have the show we have today. Uh, another uh, nice little tidbit is that uh, you, you see uh, Susan with her little pixie haircut. That was actually given to her by a then up-and-coming uh, British hairstylist by the name of Videl Sassoon. Who is now known for... Uh, who, uh, then uh, was just up-and-coming, but now is, you know as an empire of hair products. That's uh, that's basically most most if not all my points. I wanted to go over with the uh, with this first serial. Oh right. uh, so Darkstar. Thank you very much. So holy shit. Classic who is so fucking boring. But um, this is Wow. The <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> this is the first serial, so it has, you know, like, historic significance. Um, after having rewatched it several times in preparation for, for this podcast, I mean, um, I have to say I appreciate the writing. I like that they, that, you know, they came up with, like, different uh, characters in the, in the prehistoric era. 
and like who all had you know like their own motivations their own sort of like um, personalities and whatnot um, because I've, I'm also someone who's like watched a lot of Star Trek I can't help but like you know compare this to to classic Trek where in Trek you know whenever they'd go to visit like a new civilization whether it was like an alien or they just like went back in time the entire civilization would pretty much have like one set of beliefs and they would almost uh, act like a monolith whereas um, you know I like that when they went back to to even the caveman era here in in Doctor Who they there was like all this like internal tribal politics it was like um, it was like uh, like Zero said like a play you know with a lot of uh, dialogue heavy scenes a lot of performance and dialogue rather than like special effects or action um let's see here I watched the world feels lived in yeah exactly it feels like a fleshed out like living breathing world that existed before the doctor and his companions entered it and like probably you know kept existing after they they left and never went back so the the look of the TARDIS is uh, is pretty cool I guess when because um, I like the the little clock and the sort of steampunk kind of aesthetic that it has the do, 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 do. I mean in general we pretty much covered uh, almost everything that happens in in the episode but from like um, I guess like an anthropological perspective I thought it was interesting that the time period that they went to was a time when like fire was already had already been I guess discovered or like the ability to create fire was something that was known but it was like a closely guarded secret sort of like how you know certain technologies even today are you know patent protected or copyright protected in ways um, I read some some brief like uh, articles about the this episode that were saying that the the whole tribes attitude towards technology is supposed to mirror you know the way that um, the modern humans react towards the the TARDIS or to new technology and I don't know if that if that really meshes up when like when you watch the episode so I didn't really get that uh, watching it but I guess you can see the sort of like uh, similarities between the shots of the tribe just sort of like living and existing um, you know like playing with the I guess the person who's like under the that animal skin and whatnot what they're doing and that compared to like all the people in the all the kids in the school in the first episode but yeah I mean going back to to your rundown of the of the show in general Stargirl I mean this episode at the beginning of the show is it's interesting to see how like you know a lot of like elements that we consider part of Doctor Who like him being from Gallifrey him being a Time Lord uh, regeneration all that stuff just like really wasn't a part of of the show when it began and mm -hmm. the doctor doesn't even seem like you know a protagonist at this point it's his like motives seem to be sort of like shady and sketchy you don't really know like what he's uh, what his overall goals are, why he's in the in the 20th century to begin with, uh, which you mentioned uh, mm -hmm. to me before, like uh, before we were recording, and it's kind of interesting for me, at least, to to observe how the the show progressed and like developed its mythology, but also evolved, right, and also how it um, it sort of reflects the times that it was created in like uh, how the doctor makes you know like these offhand comments about the the red indians or the um, um as savages you know which is something like the doctor would definitely would not say today 
exactly um which is i mean i had to pause it and i was like whoa whoa you know but i mean it was a different time not that that excuses it but i mean it was a little like um shocking for me to see that yeah exactly and i mean like the more modern incarnations of of who have sort of like you know hung um hung a lampshade on that uh, so to speak of like gone back and like you know commented on how the the doctor's attitude used to be uh, especially towards women i suppose but that's the problem christmas yes and also i mean did you oh i watched the the unmarried pilot and you know i noticed that uh there are several differences like for example the the red indian line isn't in the pilot meaning that at some point <laughs> there was a studio note that was like make it more racist it's to <laughs> yeah <laughs> we need to have, we need to have a line where we're like disparaging minorities or something this is this is the bbc goddammit and so yeah i mean i like the also the fact that the you know they put some thought into into the caveman culture where they even though they they refer to pretty much everything in the same way as we do in like modern english they refer to the sun as orb um yes, rather than the uh-huh. sun i did notice that mm-hmm. instead of the sun it was orb orb knows all orb will tell us and orb will bring us fire you know yeah I think it might have been like the they used the term orb for both the sun and the moon. Like I guess they didn't have like con- the concept of like them being two different um bodies at that point in time, which makes sense cuz obviously like you know um paleolithic people without um uh, you know astronomy with a, hadn't developed, you know, their own uh, version of astronomy at that time. And so yeah they they just see you know like a bright orange thing in the sky that's like lit up in the day and like dark at night or like you know white at night and they probably just assumed it was the same thing mhm and let's see it's interesting because i mean when i was like uh first introduced to to doctor who you know i was just sort of used to the idea that he just travels like with a girl or just like one companion usually whether it's like uh Rose Tyler, uh Amy Pond or Clara Oswald or whoever. And so it's interesting that, you know, when the show first started, he had three companions. One of them was a young girl, but he also has a science teacher and a history teacher with him, which sort of reflects the show's original like uh purpose of I guess education because it was sort of like a like a kids to teen show it's like a i guess meant to to teach uh teach that audience about history and science at the same time so i mean this first episode that we got was like mostly history even though it's like a a prehistorical episode but as we see you know at the end of the of the serial we end up going in all the way into the future to what uh one can extrapolate would be like a more sci-fi type of episode. Mhm. Which would later become the norm. Right, right. So, I mean the the sort of just like regular historical episodes without any sci-fi elements end up sort of uh fading away later on. But um the group dynamic was interesting because like I said, I mean the there's really no like audience surrogate I guess initially it was meant to be Susan because she's like the young girl who's like the more or less like the target uh, demographic for the show but she's also a time lord who in the pilot uh claimed she was born in the 49th century in the in the aired episode she just said that she was born in another time in another world and so like she's not really you know like uh 20th century british teenager and so i guess the the audience surrogates are sort of the teachers who uh who accompany the doctor and susan 
because the and the doctor himself is definitely not like uh, the protagonist or even like a good guy at the beginning of the of the episode he like tries to to kidnap Barbara and Ian which is uh makes him like almost sort of like the villain of the episode by by him not like just that I noticed also um there's a scene where they're running through the jungle or forest and um the uh, Zog gets attacked and um, the doctor picks up the knife and he j it just makes it seem like to him it would be easier to just you know get rid of him because he's just like extra baggage you know Yeah. and I was shocked because I mean the doctors I'm used to I mean he would not do that <laughs> <laughs> not like straight up murder a man no exactly like goodness <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah that's kind of why he has human companions um, because he was scared and he was alone at that time and they brought out the best in him by not doing that and basically proving that he could be better mm -hmm. mm. oh uh, that reminds me the one of the best parts in uh, I think it's uh, the fire is it in the fire maker or in the forest of fear where uh, the doctor basically bugs bunnies uh Towel uh, with the whole knife bit. Oh, with the yeah, because um, the the cave people are portrayed as you know really really dumb. So that Cal tries to Cal accuses the Zah of killing the old woman and um, uses uh, and shows Cal's knife. I mean, sorry, Zah's knife as uh, as evidence of that and the doctor just simply points out that the knife has no blood on it and mm -hmm. uh which which prompts my my favorite line from from this serial yes. <laughs> it is a bad knife <laughs> it does not show <laughs> <laughs> it does not show what it does uh, yes which leads to to cal drawing his own knife as uh, in comparison which is covered in blood <laughs> like automatically um, incriminating him as the as the murderer mm -hmm. the doctor then also apparently I guess introduces stoning to the tribe <laughs> as a means of uh, excommunication or expulsion of like uh, members who who I guess commit murder um, I thought it was also interesting how like, the doctor apparently didn't know how to make fire without matches <laughs> when he's first captured because I, I feel yes. like, like later mm -hmm. incarnations of the Doctor would not have that problem. <laughs> also wouldn't like get captured that easily, I don't think. That easily, yeah. But I mean, it is the first episode, you know? It's the first... I mean... Yeah, but I mean, they, it's like you compare it to like, uh, this Doctor, like the first Doctor, William Hartnell, to later incarnations. Like later incarnations have been like described almost like as... Uh, as Mary Sue's or Marty Sue's where like they're just like the smartest best person at everything all the time like uh, never can't be outsmarted can't be caught can't be defeated in any way almost and like you know this version can't even like start a fire without matches well I think maybe as uh, well also as the series the series progresses uh, that uh, in later on like uh, he uh, he he'll evolve that where he would like the later versions uh, later version of this same doctor would would be able to start a fire without matches. It's just that this was kind of for plot convenience. Right, right. I mean, also going back to the companions, I noticed um, how the companions that I'm used to, they're like in awe by the TARDIS and they are willing to travel and they're just like you know I want to explore uh, versus the teachers um, they were like well they were kidnapped like, they were kidnapped against their well, will well yeah I understand but before that they're like it's not possible it can't happen like they weren't even a little bit curious you know like they were already inside the TARDIS they weren't like whoa you know it's a possibility no they were just so like negative about it at the beginning i mean well um, Barbara was open to it we, later on she was like well maybe you know but um 
yeah they were just so against it at the beginning and they were like accidental sort of companions <laughs> um not very willing right it's very different from like the the companions in the modern era who were like you know, introduced to the entire concept of like traveling mm -hmm. through space and time, or and are asked yeah. if they want to given that choice to go along with them. Yeah, these ones are just sort of like, um, you know, just like dragged along with the Doctor and Susan as they like. Do Do you guys know why they passed out? Because I guess they they crash landed. You're referring to when they when they first traveled. Yeah, when they started traveling. Yeah, the and then when they cut the scene the to them, yeah, they're like, oh, waking up because you know, and I was like, well, is it because of the impact of the travel? Because we don't see that in you know, Doctor Who now. It's just like a normal you know switch, Lily. We're there, you know, and they made it seem like it was like, like they needed a strain to be like buckled them. in or mm -hmm. something. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think that's just growing pains of the show. Like, they didn't know what they were going to do with it just then. So yeah. they wanted it to be time travel to be an event. Right. So, I mean, this is the very first time we ever see the TARDIS go anywhere in space or time. And, I mean, I got the idea that uh, this wasn't, like, you know, a perfectly, like, planned, programmed sort of trip. This was just, like somebody like pressing all the buttons and just uh you know the TARDIS taking off like without like like all the safety precautions in place which is why the the takeoff and the landing was uh bumpier than it normally mm -hmm. would when you know he yeah it moves with such force that opening credits start up again <laughs> right right yeah <laughs> Yep. Well, personally, as a whole, I enjoyed it. I did not think it was boring. I I, I did enjoy it very much, and um, I am excited to keep watching it. I mean, again, this was just the very first time I started Classic Who. I it hasn't even been, you know, like how some shows you go, oh yeah, I've seen like an episode or two. No, like I've never seen Classic Who, so everything's new to me, and I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> Uh, with me, uh, um, like I said, it it has a nostalgic factor for me because it brings me back to times when I was just you know small, like you know a little six or five year old just watching TV with my dad. And they would be playing classic who? No, they uh, it wasn't classic who because I would watch black and white shows, uh, ah, okay, like you okay, know, yeah. Star Trek, Outer Limits. I used to uh, when I was like. Uh, five, I would, I would watch Outer Limits marathons with my dad. So I'm, it wasn't quite the '60s, but older shows. So the the pacing of these sh uh, of this show isn't that jarring to me because I've experienced that type of pacing, mm -hmm, or close mm -hmm. to that type of pacing. Also, like the settings that you mentioned, um, it seemed like they were just like on a stage and everything was recorded on there. Um, I did notice the running scenes. Um, they were definitely running in place. <laughs> yeah, they were running in place being yeah. built by uh, mm -hmm. uh, stagehands. Yeah, so I, I enjoyed seeing that. And um, also, I think one of them had like um, an axe or a hammer. Or, shift like something that they had come up with but you can tell it's like plastic and I was like you know noticing little things here and there which I don't know it was just like silly to me but I, I liked seeing that or there's just certain things you have to take you know uh, their word for it because they left well uh, well before uh, they let they had a good head start yet the uh, the tribe was able to uh, not only locate them but actually uh, go back to where the TARDIS was you know none of them were there but they were able to pop up there and stop them from getting inside the TARDIS yeah <laughs> well they were being led by Cal who had been there he was the one who that had captured, been there yeah um, captured the doctor and he's like the no oh, Cal uh, oh yeah that's right uh, cause, yeah, yeah Cal captured the doctor okay yeah yeah. So he took he took him back over there, but like they they really outpaced him to where uh to where they needed to go. Although you could say that the they had gotten lost, and that's why 
uh, they were able to get there sooner. Well, I guess and the, we're the episode uh, like implied that because they uh, they stopped and helped Za instead of you know just like escaping, they were able to be caught by the by the tribe. Like it was yeah. like Za, who's fine by the next episode, by the way. Right, right. After he was, being mauled he by recovered. the, the yeah. un, unspecified he, animal, who's just he just needed a, a little monster. nap to recover. Yes, because he has Wolverine-esque healing powers. Well, I mean, it's not like they could just drag it out for him to heal in real time. I mean, I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah, it's it's one of the things that I've that I've I've seen before in shows like uh, of that era. So I I've come to expect it. Yeah, I mean those scars I look like, nasty though. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Even in black and white, but I mean the you still see them throughout the 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 final episode. So it's like you know they maintain continuity with that. But what do you guys think yeah. of the final episode? Because to me, I. Every time I rewatch it, I'm like suspecting that they just kind of like rushed to the end of it because um, if I'm not mistaken, they were like writing and producing and like shooting these things like every week. And, you know, um, I guess, you know, they just got like the, the studio directive to like, OK, like wrap this caveman shit up and like, let's go do some sci fi stuff. So because I feel like a lot of like the, the plot threads and like character threads and like the the episode aren't, I mean, the serial aren't really resolved, like, we don't, I mean, Zod defeats Cal, he becomes the leader of the tribe, and I guess, you know, gets her and everything, but at the end, you know, it just ends with, like, the doctor and his group, like, running away from the, running away from the tribe, who are now using fire, which they gave them. Yeah, well, like, they wanted to hold them hostage or something. Right. And what do you like, think of, like, you, Cal just, like, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Za just turning on them after they, like, uh, not only, you know, stopped to to save him or to help him recover from his wounds, but also, like, uh, when they, after they gave him fire. Uh, yeah, after that, like, he's still threatening to kill them. He's like, if you don't join us, you're gonna, you know, get killed. So um, I think it also goes back to how the tribe was treating him before because, yeah, father was the one that um, knew how to create fire and he didn't pass it on to him. And I guess he kind of wanted them as a backup, like in case it happened again or, you know, so that he still had some sort of power. Well, he talks like other tribes uh, from getting fire as well. Mm hmm. Right, right. I mean, he talks like he's doing them a favor because he says that, you know, there's like nothing he, over the yeah, mountains. Like there's or, no, yeah, there's the other nothing side. better over the mountains. He gives them, like, meat, and he's like, this meat was good and everything. <laughs> yeah. It's very, well, like, he, like, miseries them, basically. Yeah, well, then, then he's full of empty promises, too, because doesn't he promise to go out hunting and kill many bears for the whole tribe? Right, right. Well, that's well, no, and at, at one point he did also let them know just show me fire and now we'll let you go you know but then he just quickly turned against them yeah but also in general I mean the the cavemen were written in such a way that like they seem to like forget what they what they just said or what they just seen like almost immediately I mean, the doctor describes them as you know like just changing their their minds like on a whim like how uh cal was able to to be so easily tricked into just uh, incriminating himself right away even mm -hmm. though at the first you know at first he's like portrayed as sort of like sneaky and clever in the way that he he's trying to like incriminate za but also before that because he he's the one that captures the doctor um with the goal of um you know usurping um, Za within the tribe even though he's an outsider by bringing the secret of fire which it's never established that he whether or not he actually knows how to make fire because that's something he claims to be able to do because he's from like another tribe over the mountains that died out however I guess uh, we're supposed to, to assume that it was just um, like lies for the sake of you know like 
buying time before he could like do something to to usurp uh, Za, which uh, he eventually does for for a short period of time before Za is able to to get his position back with the help of the doctor. Mm -hmm. But I mean, he wasn't really promising them fire. He was just you know letting like telling them that Za would just spend his time you know just rubbing hands or whatever and he was doing the killing and he was going out and providing you know right right i guess mm -hmm. but i mean he also yeah. claimed that like people from his tribe from over yeah. the mountains or wherever it, it was like knew how to make fire and that he supposedly knew how to make fire mm -hmm. and or that orb was going to give him the secret because orb yeah that orb would give him the secret mm -hmm. so there was like that thread going on but at the same time like he's so like stupid that he just can't like like he he just incriminates himself by exposing his own knife covered in the blood that he used um you know from from the murder that he committed so like those two aspects of the character for me didn't mesh that he was like this like sneaky like guy who's like trying to usurp um the leader of the tribe but also like so stupid that like he didn't even like realize like uh, knife. that his uh, yeah <laughs> that his knife was covered he was blood. a caveman sir okay but I mean that's the thing like the people <laughs> that like you know formed like communities and things like that had to be like smart in order to to survive like I think we have like a messed up like idea of like cavemen as being like really stupid but if any of us were like thrown into like the the stone age without any like modern technology like we'd like depend heavily on on any cavemen we ran into like mm -hmm. do any mm -hmm. of you know how to make fire mm -mm. yeah <laughs> so <Hunt>. or hunt <laughs> But I mean, if he did also come from a tribe that knew how to make fire, I mean, what does it say about them that they all froze to death over the winter? Supposedly. Well, we well, don't yeah, even know, I know if like, they knew how to make fire. I mean, I think that's just him like, trying to hype himself up. Like, the doctor tricks him into revealing his knife by, by saying that the knife that uh, Za has is a good knife he's never seen its like. And then what does the guy do? Oh, I have a... I, there's a better knife here. And he pulls out his own knife because he wants to, you know, build himself up. This is a good knife. And then that's when everyone says, oh, look, this this is a good knife. It's shown what it's done. And that's when the doctor shows, hey, it's got the blood. Yeah, I can't imagine that guy being, like, sneaking up to, like, maintain these lies and, you know convincing other people that he can knows how to make fire that his tribe is like superior to theirs etc mm -hmm. etc like it just didn't mesh i did also like the mystery of the whatever was in the forest you know like they didn't actually show the monster like yeah like i i like that I, mean, I think that was just like because of the budget <laughs> like they didn't have yeah. the budget for for a, a monster for a monster suit I guess I mean do you do you guys mm. remember the whatever the heck like the kids are playing with from the in the second episode when they're when they're in the cave because it looks like just like a person with a leopard skin over them I don't know if that was like meant to represent like an animal like that was supposed to just be an animal or that was just like a person under a leopard skin yeah. that they were like poking at. <laughs> oh, probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I always wonder about that every time I see that scene. Um, I also want to point out um, Susan's willingness to just leave the doctor and go with the humans like and i noticed how she sided with them a lot instead of siding with him yeah because he wanted to be left behind if he was gonna take off Mm-hmm. but yeah but i mean like it's your grandfather like you're both time lords like you share a connection and like the whole time she was just like you know on their side on their side on their side Although, when the doctor was in trouble, she did, you know, she jumped on one of the caveman's back and started attacking. 
Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> like how they all I, just... I don't think she had a plan. Just <laughs> None of them did. They all get like, I mean, I didn't even see like Barbara do anything. They just no. like, she was just like already like, uh, like in the caveman's arms, like when I saw her. But yeah, what do you guys think of uh, Carol Ann Ford's um, acting in general? Because I feel like compared to the rest of the cast, she's just like so over the top with her screaming and just like her general delivery of her lines. Especially like in the pilot, in that scene where where she's being asked to... I don't know if it's in the pilot or the first episode where she's being asked to do like um, an equation using like the X and Y axis or the, the first and second dimensions. And she's just like, I, I can't! I can't do it without the, the fourth dimension or the fifth dimension yeah. or whatever. <laughs> And she's just like freaking out about it, like holy shit! Like you'd think like somebody from the 49th century could do like a simple math equation. Well, the whole point of that equation was you couldn't do it without the with without that information, because he even says that he purposely tried to trip her up. Right, right. Well, I don't think that was uh, an instance of her trying to trip her up. I mean, of him trying to trip her up. He, he was just talking about yeah, how it was, like, yeah, strange. Like to, but I mean, how she reacted to that. Oh no, he says he purposely tried to trip her up. He purposely gave her an equation that couldn't be solved, and then she states that that, that you can't do it unless you have you know extra uh, you know those other two bits of information. Those other two bits of information being what, like the D and E. The other, the the space and time, which is what she said. Yeah. Would a 20th century science teacher even, like, be able to solve that kind of equation? Uh, apparently she said, uh, she was confident that she could, provided she had the other two bits of information. Yeah, but that, you're referring to Susan, I'm referring to Ian. I'm pretty sure oh. that, like, he wasn't trying to, to trip her up, it just seemed like she, she was just, like, you know, so used to, like, her advanced science and math that, like, she couldn't, like, you know dumb herself down for like you know simple algebra or whatever or to pretend to be normal you know yeah it's just like holy shit just just tell everybody you're an alien from the 49th century or whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean there are like a lot of um, moments in in general where like um the doctor will just like whisper something to the side which i guess is supposed to be like this internal dialogue mm -hmm. but he just he's just like talking out loud but yeah, I mean, uh, regarding the the acting, because I think like um, what the 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 actors and their names are escaping me right now, but um, who play Barbara and Ian, you know, like act pretty like normally, you know, the way like two people from the from that time period would act. The doctors got, got sort of like uh, a few like eccentricities, I guess. Um, like he really goes all out when he's like. Yeah, you know, telling them that he can't hurt them in the in the second episode. I'm just an old man. I can't hurt you. And like, uh, I guess he's like really trying to, you know, like sell his performance. But um, holy shit, like Carol Ann Ford is just so over the top in like almost every scene that she's in. Which well, yeah, but uh, but you say that they're they act normal, but. Yes, because you know Barbara wants to uh, wants Ian's help in stalking this underage girl to her house. I'm not talking about what they do. I'm talking about their performance. Yeah. Oh, so. Well, there's also the part where um, Zog gets attacked and uh, Susan's trying to like move him or see check him out, and then the um, uh, her is oh. just <laughs> yeah, and then Susan's like. Ah, ah, like you know like she runs and yeah. like, she acts like yes like <laughs> like dude like she didn't even like okay <laughs> like she literally just moved towards you but yeah yeah but like it's an example of her overacting i i that stood out for me <laughs> yeah, yeah and i mean i think uh because i've seen all of the all of classic who and mm -hmm. yeah that that's one thing that's definitely gonna keep standing out for um for most for for most of uh, Carol Ann Ford's run on the show, 
I even I remember seeing like a little like uh, interview with her from like much later mm-hmm. where she mentions that like a director of a certain episode was like telling her to not be so maudlin and she's like mm-hmm. you know defending her own performance from like the future but yeah well I don't know if you also noticed when they were taken into the cave um, they mentioned how it smelled bad in there and then later on everybody's acting normal and she's still like smelling and like ugh, making faces and moving around like with discomfort but everybody else is acting normal okay no i don't remember yeah. that but i mean that yeah makes sense. i mean <laughs> yeah, even like I in the like, hmm. in the early in the little flashbacks at the beginning when when ian and barbara are talking about her like every time like at the end of every scene she's just like so weird like when she's like just a suggestion and she just like makes a face or like when in the pilot when she's like uh i rather like walking through the english fog it's rather mysterious yes. and she just like <laughs> looks to the camera like it's very like soap <laughs> opera acting and they're looking at her like okay then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess those are all like part of the the quirks and the charms of uh yeah. mm-hmm. of that period that era. yeah this era of doctor who but yeah i mean is there uh, is there anything else you guys want to to point out about the episode in general before we th- wrap this up? I think we covered it pretty thoroughly. Okay. I, I think I I previously mentioned the outfits. Um, I was like, oh my goodness! Imagine wearing that as an everyday thing, and like I just went off about that, and you're like, well, it is England, you know. <laughs> colder <laughs> oh <laughs> like huh that's true like it never crossed my mind but yeah it just seemed uncomfortable to me <laughs> i mean isn't she in like a skirt yeah but the teacher the teacher's wearing that thick well she's a outfit. teacher yeah. <laughs> well no i understand but the material it's just oh no Mm-mm. okay okay yeah well it's not like they're in texas or arizona you know? i and i i I understood that after he pointed that out. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, it makes sense. You know, it is a different environment. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was. <laughs> it was. It was. It's probably yeah. much hotter now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, one thing I read about regarding this episode was the, the theming of the the fear of youth and the fear of, like, new new technology being mirrored both in the present day and the and the stone age because like even in the stone age you know horg and the old woman are like you know um well the old woman doesn't want them to bring fire to them Mm -hmm. because she thinks it's gonna you know destroy their entire way of life and and change everything and i guess it's supposed to mirror how like the teachers barbara and ian are sort of like freaked out by by Susan's strangeness and are also super suspicious and unbelieving of the of the TARDIS when they're first introduced mm-hmm. to it which is commented on by the doctor about how these people don't uh, don't accept anything that they can't uh, that they can't understand understand yeah which is an, an interesting way of looking at it I suppose but yeah I mean I guess that was the the very first Doctor Who serial, uh, just a just a nice little jaunt into the Stone Age. The next episode is uh, well, the next serial is titled the the Daleks. So, spoiler alert for for what's gonna <laughs> who's gonna show up in that. Um, everybody looking forward to that. I am. I am. I'm a big fan of the Daleks. So. Just seeing them first appear, it's like, I'm excited. <laughs> okay, alright. So, I guess whenever we <laughs> we get around to doing the next serial, we'll be back. All three of us to, to cover it as a group. So, that has been the very first, uh, I guess, installment of Bigger on the Inside. Our Doctor Who... Uh, Doctor Who rewatch uh, show that's going to be released on this feed. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it, and hopefully we'll be we'll be talking to you sometime soon. 
Um, as usual, of course, any and all complaints and comments should be directed at the Winged Knight on Twitter, where he will, uh, where our beloved Zero will respond to all your questions and complaints uh, one by one with patience and time. And um, anybody else want to, to give out their social media on this platform before we go? No, I'm more good. No? All right. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening, even especially if you got all the way to the end. And I guess we'll, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Talk to you next time. I don't know how to fucking wrap this up but uh bye bye we've got to we've got to figure that one out <laughs> yeah i guess i don't yeah. know all right well okay. thank you very you should much like favor and subscribe and do everything you can to get us noticed by the algorithm yes um, sure yeah all right bye 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 and stop